0: It is Friday, May 5th. I'm Scott Seidenberg.
1: I'm Mackenzie Rivers.
0: The Warriors even Up Their Series.
1: Mike Budenholzer fired from the Bucks. Here comes the Vegas troop.
0: This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with A Vegas Lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day.
1: Warriors winning cover over the Lakers 127-100. The
0: Bucks fire head coach Mike Budenholzer,
1: and absolutely no more betting is to be had on the Alabama baseball team. Scott, what is the Vegas lead?
0: I want to talk about that Alabama story because it's fascinating. Because I've been
1: dying to bet on Alabama baseball. I, I know. Do we have right <laughs> the Crimson Tide do baseball
0: right team's <laughs> a hot ticket right now. <laughs> but no, we're going to start with the NBA playoffs and Mackenzie Rivers pinch hitting for A.J. Hoffman on Cinco de Mayo. We go from May the 4th be with you to Cinco de Mayo. Two great holidays And back May 1st back. Is,
1: has a lot of different puns to make as well. It's a great It's a season of puns, really. That's the whole Justin
0: Timberlake, it's going to be May. It will be. Yeah. So uh, we'll start with the NBA. Glad to have you here this Friday because this was a game I feel like the entire world was on. Like I was surprised. I was trying to look to see what
1: crazy how predictable it seems. Yeah.
0: I wanted to look at the betting splits to see what was the percentage of bets and money on this game, because anything less than a hundred percent of the tickets (laughs) and bets on the golden state warriors, I would have serious question marks. Now we talked about this on straight out of Vegas. AM. We talked about this on RJ Bell's dream preview, the home teams that are favored in game one that lose come back to win game two and cover I think the number is now, after last night, 59-37 and 37 ATS. Nice. But this game in particular, why were the Warriors, and I'll give you credit, Mac, you said maybe play a Warriors alternate spread. Forget about laying the five at the open, which yeah. this closed, what did it close at seven? Seven,
1: some seven and a half popped yeah. up here in Vegas. Re-
0: forget about that. You were thinking about taking plus money and going minus 10, minus 15, minus whatever it was. Why did you think this was a great spot for the Warriors?
1: It reminded me so much of the last series. Anthony Davis had a great game one against the Grizzlies and they won a close game. Next game Anthony Davis was quiet, LeBron James went crazy, but the Grizzlies blew him out because it was never close. I felt like in this game they were going to call off the dogs early. LeBron James was going to get his stats and once it came once he got out of raid, once he got out of reach It was going to be, you know, Warriors playing clean basketball, Lakers kind of just scrambling, throwing things at the wall, really not pushing the gas too much, knowing that they got two games at home coming up.
0: That's pretty much exactly how it played out. LeBron James started out on fire, but he winds up going under his point props. Shout out A.J. Hoffman. Uh, LeBron finished with 23 points last night on 10 of 18 shooting, but only played 28 minutes because when the game's out of hand, and this is what the Lakers did, as you mentioned, last series, and this is what the handicap was all along. They did what they needed to do. They stole yes. home court advantage by winning game one. You could sit back now. I Look, we everyone would love to go up 2-0. We saw it in hockey. Florida, the Panthers, they, they went up 2-0 on, on Toronto. Like You would love to go up 2-0 and steal those two road games. But the fact that you already got one, you did your job, In a seven-game series, you do conserve
1: energy. Yeah, you know they're going to come at you full strength. You can kind of parry that. You can kind of hopefully they fall over their skis. But generally, you're going to be in a wait-and-react mode. We saw the same thing with the Heat, where they could have played Butler, didn't. And they they felt comfortable just giving it their best shot with the other guys. So what's
0: the series price at now with the Warriors evening it up one game apiece, even though the Lakers do now have home court advantage? It's going to be
1: thinner than it was to start the series. Uh, Let's see. I haven't looked at it yet. The Warriors are minus 125. Yeah, they were minus 160 coming in. Lakers beat expectations by getting the split. Now the Lakers are plus 110 on the comeback. Do you think that's a good price? I like what I've seen from the Warriors. So do I. I've seen this movie before uh, where the the Warriors kind of just figure out how to, kind of like Bill Russell did with Wilt Chamberlain to take it back a little bit. They're going to give him his spots. They're going to let him get his stats. Hey, not my problem. I'm averaging a triple-double, he famously said after they got swept out of the finals. I feel like Steve Kerr has his number. I feel like this is going to be go the Warriors' way. I said Warriors in five, wouldn't I,
0: shock me. I said Warriors in six. So I think what's going to happen here is we're going to get a split in L.A., and so it'll be a two-two series going back to San Francisco, where the Warriors win Game Five and then go to L.A. and close it out in Game Six.
1: Wouldn't shock me at all.
0: That's the what what series correct score right now? Warriors in six plus five fifty. Warriors and five plus five fifty. Oh no, Warriors and five. I was gonna say this seems less Is likely. seven to one plus seven hundred.
1: I like the seven to one. I feel like they figured something out after game one, and uh, I see. I think more of the same. Maybe not a twenty-seven point win every night, but more mm-hmm. of the same. So
0: going back to the player props now, uh, we shouted out AJ who had the under on LeBron's point total. Uh, Steph Curry goes over. As he finished, no, Steph Curry goes under, massively under. Klay yes. Thompson goes over. He had the big night.
1: Yes, Klay Thompson goes over his 22 by a mile. But in general, you look at these star players, Anthony Davis said at 26 and a half didn't come close. LeBron James said at 25 and a half, he got close really early on the game. Ended up not quite getting there. He's now one over, seven under. Steph Curry, he's played a lot better than, than LeBron, right? Two unders, two overs, sorry, seven unders. Almost to a man outside of Jokic and Jimmy Butler. You want to be betting these star players under. There's so many ways to get there. It's a blowout. They have a cold night. There's foul trouble. In general, if you just take the best player on each team, there's some arbitrariness, there's some decisions to be made. I pick LeBron over Anthony Davis, for example. You're betting all these guys over under. You got 34 overs, 63 unders. That's a 65% wow. cash rate. Better even than it was last year. Who are the players
0: that are the exception? Jimmy Butler's the exception. Jimmy
1: Butler's five overs, three unders. And who else? Jokic is four overs. So you're not even, like, getting killed playing these guys. Mm -hmm. You're just barely losing. But uh, some other ones, Joel Embiid, 0 for 4. Donovan Mitchell was 1 for 4. After that big game one. they set it 31 and a half for game five. He didn't come close. Wow. And, uh,
0: yeah. So it was smart to play these guys under last night, although Clay Thompson did have... A big night stepping up with 8 of 11 from three-point range. That was that was game six, Clay. Yeah, right. In Early game on. two. Uh, so now you look at this. We talked about the series price, which now has the Warriors as a small favorite to win this series. But looking at game three in particular, in L.A., Warriors, three-point oh, three dogs. McKenzie, I don't
1: I don't agree with that. And I've seen three and a half pops so up. I do not agree with that at all. Give me the Warriors as, as much as I can take. I'm moneyline. Yeah, uh, can
0: we give out a best bet now for a game that comes on Saturday? I, and, and, yeah. and this
1: opened at bet online, like real quick at uh Lakers minus one and a half, and now it's moved to three and a half and four. It feels like I might be missing something. I don't even know what I could be missing. Like the only player that could get hurt that would move this line this much is Steph Curry, and I haven't heard any reports on that. Mm. So um maybe. I'm wrong, but uh, my analysis says the Warriors are at least two points better. This should be where it opened at, it, but, but online, this should be one and a half. I would actually make it pick them.
0: I think it's, um, I think everyone buying into the zigzag, maybe.
1: The, yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: maybe that's The home, that's what it the is. home
1: crowd. Uh, Bill Simmons made a good point. The Lakers really haven't, because of the bubble, they haven't had a relevant playoff team since like 2012 before this one. Yeah. You know, the, uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron was injured that one year they made it, I think 2021. But, um, I mean, this is one of the best fan bases in the league. They've kind of been starved of of a real chance to win a title. Entering today, they were the third favorite. Now they're probably the fifth favorite behind the Warriors. But uh, I guess that's it. I guess the home crowd and people think a big splash...
0: So we have uh, two games tonight on the schedule, the Celtics at the Sixers, Celtics two-point road favorites. So this is like a similar situation to what we have with the Warriors and Lakers, right? Home team loses game one, comes back and wins game two convincingly, but unlike the Warriors Lakers, this game will feature the road team as the favorite, Celtics minus two. Is this all about Embiid's health? Like he didn't look good in game two?
1: He didn't, and he only played. He only scored 15 points. Think about these lines. I think it's a great point. So game two, it was Celtics minus seven and a half, Warriors minus seven. Yeah, same line, same result. Same result. Blowout. Blowout. Bounce back. All right, we got an even series. Now the Warriors are catching three and a half points. The Celtics are minus two. It it makes no sense. I think. I think the series is. I mean, the only way it makes sense is if uh, Embiid has been determined to be way more hurt than we thought. But I didn't see that. I feel like feel-out game, as Doc Rivers said. I feel like he's going to be better, if anything.
0: Yeah, I thought RJ gave the right handicap on yeah, that game. That Embiid was going to play because he had just been named the MVP. You don't get named the MVP and then sit out. Right. So
1: you get named the MVP. And he had that, like, anything line as possible. You can't tell that to reporters yeah, from the bench. Yeah, <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah,
0: you play. He's got his knee heavily wrapped up. Everyone's speculating on the injury based on the the level of tape and, and brace that he was wearing underneath the sock and sleeve, whatever. And he doesn't play the whole game, and he doesn't have a big impact. And they get blown out. I think you'll know early on in this game what version of Joel Embiid you're going to get. And so maybe this is a live betting opportunity that if you Good see point. if you see Embiid looks great and has a burst in the first quarter, maybe the Sixers are the way to go in this game. If you see him hobbling and he doesn't look right and he's a little slow, then this could be a similar result to what we saw
1: in game two. That makes a lot of sense. Another way I look at this game is the over. The Celtics have done anything they've wanted on offense in this series. And the Sixers did in game one. Game two, there was a spoke in the wheel. They didn't get anything going. I feel like with Embiid in practice, in the in the workout, having him in the cohesive unit, I think their offense gets together, and I don't think they have any, any answers for the way the Celtics spread them out. So over 214.5 makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, and this is an adjustment on – The game two line was 217. Right. So a three-point adjustment uh, probably is a little bit too much of an adjustment. I like the over.
1: Yeah, and the Celtics have bounced back on defense. Unbelievably, the last two years, we saw the Sixers held at 87 points. When they get a win under their belt, for some reason, the Celtics' defense kind of takes a a step back, so I don't expect them to be as locked in Uh, I like this going over, like game one.
0: Do you agree with this drastic series price, Celtics minus 240 to win this series?
1: Seems about right. They were minus 180 after losing game 1. Uh that's really where the where the price was coming into the series before um we knew if Embiid was going to miss game 1. That seems about right to me. I think that's that's showing decent respect to the Sixers um despite the fact that Embiid is not 100%. All
0: right. The other game that we'll see tonight is the Suns in desperation mode. At home against the Nuggets, Phoenix is a four-point favorite at home, and we always like to look at this—the first half line because that's where people like to jump in on, thinking yeah. the desperation. They start early; they're three-point favorites for the first half, and that's minus one fifteen.
1: Yeah, it's three at some spots. Bookmaker, biggest book in the world—they're not waiting around; they're making it three and a half. You yeah. have to pay
0: a pretty penny. <laughs> so it's it's, yeah. it's almost identical to what the full game spread well, is. Which pick, is wild. pick them
1: in the second half. Yeah, uh, I like the six. I like the Suns for the game. I feel like um, I don't even know if I like the Suns for the game because I like the bounce-back spot. I think they're a way more talented team. I thought they were actually the better team in game two. Then again, once Chris Paul went down early in the third quarter, they really didn't have an identity. They really didn't figure out anything on offense. Chris Paul's doubtful. The the fact that the line's moving from three and a half, one four and a half has popped up at circa. Maybe Chris Paul's more questionable than than the reports have led on, but that's something I'm monitoring because it's tough to play the Suns without one of their four key players.
0: Mm, down two games to none. this The season's on the line in this game. The right. series price is crazy. I think it is. Nuggets minus 450, Suns
1: plus 340. We give you a hard time when you say the series never begins with, unless the road team wins, but this series has gone to, to what the Vegas market expected. The Nuggets were significant favorites, minus 180 favorites in both games. Mm-hmm. I think we're making too big of a reaction. I think Fez said, man, they were killed. They were up by eight late in the third quarter. They were up entering the fourth quarter.
0: What's really, the series price? Let me ask you. What's yeah. the series price if the Suns win the
1: next two games and it's 2-2 going back to Denver? I think there's going to be a drastic reaction. I, I don't think it's just going to be the math of it being 2-2. Two and two. I think the market's going to be like, well, maybe we were right. The Suns were the rightful Western Conference favorites coming in. I think the Suns at that point, despite the fact there'd be two games out of the three in Denver— I think I would make the Suns like minus one ten, minus one twenty. It'd be close to pick them.
0: I think there's value on the Suns right now, and it's almost, it's almost a I proxy agree. for this game. Yeah, right. If, like if, if the
1: Suns cruise in this game, that plus three sixty is going to look silly.
0: Yeah, like if you think the Suns win this game, take a. I think you take a flyer on that plus three forty, plus three fifty.
1: I'm already invested in the Suns, so uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to double down, but I, I definitely see value.
0: Because think about how much the price is going to dip. Because if the Suns win and cover this game tonight, the spread in game four is it's probably going to be the same, right? Minus four.
1: If anything, they're going to prove, if, if Chris Paul doesn't play, they're going to have proven that they have some uh So maybe it goes them.
0: four and a half, it I, goes I mean, up?
1: There's some four and a halves popping out for this yeah. game. So if they get any kind of improvement from the market, yeah, but yeah four,
0: four I, and a half. I think the line here is inflated because people are betting in zigzag it. zigzag, I mean, we yes. see that in
1: the first half. Like, if the, if the first half was normal, and it was one and a half instead of three. Mm-hmm. So that's that makes sense.
0: Yeah, but if 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 this was not an a down 0-2 situation,
1: if this was game one, yeah, would this be a four-point
0: line or would this be more like a two-point line?
1: That's funny because there's two opposite forces going on. The Suns have been massively downgraded. We see that in the series price, but you have the bounce back. So I'm going say forget
0: about – Right. Let's if, say if, 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 with we, the current didn't, power if we didn't know what happened in game, game one and two, we never saw game one and two. Game one of this series, we're starting it all over again. Yeah. Game one is in Phoenix.
1: I think it's Suns minus four, minus four and a half. What was the spread in game one for the, the Nuggets? Nuggets minus four and a half. Got better from three and a half. So you think it would be a complete opposite flip yeah. for a home court? I, that's that's what we've seen. We saw that in the Grizzlies Lakers series, which seems crazy to me. The way home court doesn't matter at all in the regular season, but the spots where teams need to win, they're they're saying. I mean, spreads don't matter in the NBA these days with the way the, the way the runs go. Uh, that's why they're making it such a heavy price for the favorite.
0: Wow. So uh, that's the two games for tonight. Any feel for the total for the Nuggets and the Suns? Two twenty four and a half.
1: That's a massive uh, downgrade after after game two was such a... Yeah, it seems it seems like too much of a downgrade for me. This open two twenty five and a half. I know Phoenix is going to be a less has historically been a less high scoring environment mm-hmm. than Denver, but um, I think it was. It, I mean, game one was so high scoring, game two was so game low two scoring, was so
0: low scoring. I
1: feel like the market is reacting to the most recent yeah. sample rather than the whole thing.
0: Kind of like what we're seeing in the the Celtics Sixers game, I reacting so. to right. the game that we just saw. So 224.5 is the total in this one. Again, Suns four-point favorites and Celtics two-point favorites for tonight's NBA action. Real quick, let's look over the weekend. Uh, We talked about the Warriors and Lakers playing already on Saturday, but the Knicks and Heat tomorrow. Game three, this is the first game in Miami. The series is tied at a game apiece. Looking at the series price right now, you have the Miami Heat Slight favorites, minus one fifteen. This game three, the Miami Heat, minus three
1: and a half. Bet up from three. I kinda like what I saw from Miami in game two. Without Jimmy Butler. Without Jimmy Butler, and it was an advantage kind of. They talked about how the players were practicing as if Jimmy Butler wasn't gonna play. The Knicks didn't know that till game time, but the Heat arguably did. So that maybe that's how they punched him in the mouth a little bit. But defensively, Julius Randle had a big first half. He hit some shots. It feels like they're relying on hero ball a little bit too much. Jalen Brunson had a big second half. I don't really see a lot of cohesion as far as getting past the heat defense. I feel like there's a coaching advantage. Spolstra uh, completely depanced Bickerstaff in round one. And he's he looks to have a tactical edge over Thibodeau in this one too.
0: Yeah, the Knicks were also forced to go small because the, both their bigs got into foul trouble early. Yep, and, and I love the way that that uh, he-
1: Haven Haven Havenstein Haven. <laughs> isn't, isn't he like 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 your uh, your brother man? Hartenstein, you, you gotta know this guy. <laughs> Hartenstein.
0: I love the way that Hartenstein's been playing, but like he grabbed like four, he grabbed three fouls like right. really quickly. Um, and, and he winds up found out of the game later. Twenty
1: five of the first thirty five shots for the Heat were threes. I feel like the Knicks were kind of flummoxed by the fact that they were spreading them out five wide so often. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mitchell Robinson got into foul trouble early, and then Hartenstein came in for him. He got into foul trouble, and so this was kind of like a whole mixed bag. But the Knicks were able to pull it out. With a 111-105 win in Game Two and even up that series, I do we know about Jimmy Butler's status for Game Three? I mean, the line
1: tells me he's playing. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would no think way as they'd well. Be a better
0: team. That's what I would think as well. So, uh, and it, plus
1: his smile. Did you see the, his like his menacing smile while the, the clock was ticking down,
0: <laughs> he's nodding? But yeah, he's he felt like if they were down 0-1, he would play. But no The doubt. fact that they won Game One, he chose not to play, and then he's going to play here. In game three, the Miami Heat, three-and-a-half point favorites over the Knicks tomorrow. Stanley Cup playoff action last night. McKenzie, with both home teams losing game one, I was banking on the home teams responding in game two. Celtics, Warriors, it works out. makes a lot of sense. It worked in the NBA. It also worked in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We had a situation where... A bunch of home teams lost game one. They all responded with wins in game two. The only one that didn't was the Devils, who lost to the Rangers in their game two in New Jersey. They came back to win that series. But everybody else bounced back with game two wins. So the Panthers and the Kraken both won game one on the road. So I'm thinking Maple Leafs and Stars, they're going to win in game two, and they're going to even up this series. The Maple Leafs take a 2-0 lead over the Panthers, they give up a late goal in the first period. Well, not late. It was like midway through the first period. And they go into the locker room or dressing room, as they call it in hockey. It's a dressing room. Okay, It's a clubhouse in baseball. It's a locker room in football. It's a dressing room in hockey.
1: You ever play hockey? Yeah. Is it odd to have two half times? No.
0: They're called intermissions, not half times, because it wouldn't yeah, be yeah, a half.
1: That's good math. Yeah, there. <laughs> is, it,
0: is, is it weird having uh, you know three breaks in a basketball game? I guess you don't go back to your locker. Room that's the after thing. The yeah, it's just you like just go to your bench. It's, it's a like long time, time out. out. It is. It's like a it's like a long time out. No, I, I I mean
1: you get used to it. You get you got strategy in there. Yeah,
0: you go back. You take your skates off, right? Well, because my feet always hurt.
1: Yeah, my skates they always hurt so, me too.
0: Although they would tell people would tell you don't take your skates off. Right, but right, I did like a like a spring. Like, yeah, yeah, but I did it every time. Took my skates off, uh, took my pads off, and just kind of like sat there, sulked, thinking about how bad <laughs> I was, you know. And it's like, especially like the games, like I played goalie for a little while, huh. and that was not fun because I was a butterfly goalie, and what what that means is the way that I uh the way that I defended is there's two different ways you can be a stand up goalie, whatever butterfly. You go down and you You bring your your knees knees, together to make your pads stand up that way. Looks like you got to be flexible for that. Yeah. I was also like 15, 16. (laughs) Um, I had the bad tendency to drop into the butterfly before the puck was shot. (laughs) So guys would just (laughs) – so they would skate towards me, and as soon as they lifted up their stick to shoot – I dropped down into the butterfly left or right. And then they would just put the puck over my, like over me into the net. So I gave up a lot of goals. <laughs> like, it, was, it was not good. I had a very quick glove. So, nice. and I'm a lifelong, lifelong baseball player. So I had a very good glove, but I was very, the top shelf was always open. Cause I would drop down way too early. And then I remember like, as I was older, it was just like guys got, you know, older and better. And I was 17 years old and I, couldn't skate in, in anymore and it was just whatever i tried skating last year i took my nephew ice skating and you ever do something where your brain thinks you can do it but your body disagrees
1: i'm just discovering that and pick up basketball i'm all-time defense at this point i'm not running down yeah. the court at this point
0: yeah it's like now it's like do it, you try shoot a three and you're like wait a minute i used to like not have to jump to do this and, like, <laughs> it's more
1: like when i drive like yeah. i'm like trying to get past a guy and i'm like oh, i'm still at the three-point line What's going yeah. on? <laughs>
0: So I took my nephew ice skating, and my brain's like, "You've skated your whole life. Like right.
1: you played right hockey. riding a bicycle.
0: You played hockey. You, you, you used to be able to skate backwards. You were fast. You you, you That's can cool. you can do this." I stepped onto the ice, and I was like Bambi, like I couldn't <laughs> find my footing. And then you start to realize, like that. The last time I played hockey was over 20 years ago. That's crazy. It's In
1: time. my head, I'm still like 20. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, yeah, I'm 39, 17. I guess like 22 years. That's a lot of time. <laughs> so uh, my brain thought I could still do it. Did you my pick body, it up after a few? I, yeah, yeah. But my again, my feet were just killing me. <laughs> I had to stop. And, and How'd your uh, nephew enjoy it? Oh yeah, skating's fun, man. If you if you've never been ice skating, it's fun. Especially get out of this Vegas heat and go uh, go skating. It's a, it's a good time. But I used to, I used to be able to do like you know like the hockey stop and bring up the snow and and I was good. I was good on my edges. You like
1: spray ice
0: against yeah, your enemies. I'm saying I did that all the time. But no, it was. Yeah, not, not not skating in 20, 22 years, it'll certainly have an effect on you. Also, like, 100-somewhat pounds. Like, you know, I'm <laughs> well, like, I, but... I weigh 230 now. I mean, when I was 17, I was probably—I don't know. How much do you weigh when you're 17? I mean, for me, I was probably like 180. I remember exactly. But I, was
1: like... <laughs> I was 6'1", 180. And I remember there was a a guy on the Denver Broncos who was 6'2", 190, and he was a lot skinnier than me. I didn't understand it (laughs) because he was just lean and strong. Uh, So anyway, let's get back to the hockey.
0: Um, The start of the second period, that's where the game completely changed for the Maple Leafs. Some of the sloppiest hockey I had seen in these playoffs. And there's been some sloppy hockey. That's a funny way to say it, sloppy hockey. But turnovers (laughs) – in the offensive zone or in the defensive zone led to two quick goals. The Panthers scored two goals in the first minute and six seconds of the second period. They scored a goal with 19 seconds into the period, and then they scored a goal with a minute six into the period. Two Canada qu- is cursed. Two quick goals goes from a 2-1 Toronto lead and everyone in the arena feeling great right? to then you didn't even get back from the bathroom yet, <laughs> and you're down 3-2, to two. literally. Like for me, I was making food, chicken parm leftovers from last night. Uh, I was making, I was making food, heating up my food, you know. And, and I go, and I'm like, wait, the period started, and all of a sudden it's like a goal, and then another goal. Crazy, but no goals were scored the rest of the game. Toronto is now so down. Did you didn't two go games get that food?
1: and you didn't have that bad karma that allowed two goals against your team.
0: It's my fault. It's my fault.
1: Blame Canada. Canada, You blame him. Yeah,
0: but here's the stats. So with the Devils winning in their series against the Rangers, they accomplished something that very few teams had done, and that is losing the first two games of a best-of-seven series at home and then eventually going on to win that series. Prior to the Devils doing it, Only 20 times out of 105 series had that team that lost the first two home games gone on to win. Congrats to the Devils. Now it's 21 out of 106. That's what the Maple Leafs are staring at right now. Down two games to none, losing both games in Toronto, and now the series shifts to Florida. The series price, Panthers minus 320. hmm I don't, I don't have any interest in Toronto plus 250, I'll be honest with you. Because I think Florida is completely underrated. Why is that? The only reason I picked Toronto last night was because of the whole zigzag. I thought sure. they would even this up. But in game one, I remember I was like, Let me, I, think I, like I think I'm going to pick Toronto in game one. And then I started looking at some numbers, and I said, wait a minute. This Florida team's really good. Like, really good. And we probably should have recognized it going into that Bruins series. That this Panthers team, keep in mind, last year the Panthers were the president's trophy winner, they were the best team in hockey. This year, the Panthers put up a lot of really impressive analytical numbers, and they control a lot of possession. And yeah, they I just know just beat the best regular season team of all time. But I'm saying we should have known that in that Bruins series. We should have known that they were legit. But the, listen, the Bruins numbers were off the charts. So it's like the Bruins against anybody, yeah. You would look like the Bruins were the favorite. But the Panthers matching up against Toronto, the numbers just tell you Florida's a better team. Now, I know there's a big difference between regular season and, and playoffs, but just looking at the regular season numbers, like, Florida has been a better team. You know, I'm, I'm, again, this is not not in every category. There's obviously certain categories that uh, Toronto's better in. But a category that I like to look at, and, and, and it's, it's evolved over the years, is your Corsi stat. Your Corsi percentage is basically your shot attempts. It goes, it, it's the percentage of shot attempts. It goes to show you how much offensive possession that you have over the course of, of a game. And Florida is the number three team in the league in Corsi. And then you look at their Fenwick, which is like your unblocked shots. Like how much are how much how many shots are getting through to the net? They're sixth in the league over the course of the entire season. And so you're thinking like, man, top yet, ten offense, top ten defense. Like Toronto, no, no, this is both offensive categories here. Oh, okay. And you're like, Toronto's they're up there. Toronto's like ninth or whatever in, in, in these categories. They're not even top ten in, in Corsi. They're sixteenth in the league in Corsi. But you're like, man, maybe this makes sense. So I didn't want to bet against Florida in Game One. I took the over. In that game, should have gotten there. The over was six, the total was six and a half, it finished as four to two, and there was only one goal scored in the third period that made it four to two. I couldn't even get an empty netter. Couldn't even get an empty netter. But right. anyway, I I th- I think this Florida team is winning this series. I really do.
1: Florida plus two hundred to win the Eastern Conference. What do you think of that? Mm, no. Carolina's the favorite, plus one seven. Yeah,
0: because the winner of Carolina and the Devils is gonna do it.
1: All right. There You, yeah. go. you already said that. Entering by the way, entering round two, the two favorites were the rap uh, the Raptors, the Maple Leaves, and the, the Canadian Oilers. Teams. Yeah, they're not the two favorites anymore. Nope.
0: How about my Dallas Stars? Dallas bouncing back, bounce. They they were the ones that followed the script. They fit the system. They followed the script. They lost Game One to the Kraken in overtime, despite being down big early. You know, they they really bounced back in Game One. Joe Pavelski scoring four goals, and they still lose the game. Like it was. It was really a a a fun game to watch in game number um in game number one. Game number two, Dallas showed why they are a prototypical Stanley Cup champion. Okay, first off, Joel Pavelski scores again. So he's got five goals now in the two games that he's come back from his injury. Jake Ottinger made 25 saves and Dallas at home gets the job done. This team, as I mentioned, fits the criteria that I gave out to win a Stanley Cup championship. Now, what's the criteria? Well, we I went down for us. i went over a bunch of articles that were very similar. And these articles were saying, oh, these are the common traits of recent Stanley Cup champions. Basically going like the last 10 years, I expanded it because like some of these articles were old. So I added in last year or I added in the last two years. So it's like some of them are the last 12 years. Some of the, basically, I took, all, I took some of these articles and I, I formulated my top four. My, not my top four articles, my top four criteria. Some of these articles had seven criteria, eight criteria. I narrowed it down. And my top four criteria are you need to have a top ten goalie in the regular season. Top ten save percentage. Eight of the last 11 Stanley Cup champions had a top ten goalie. You have to have a top ten penalty kill percentage. You also need to have a go-to scorer, meaning a top 10 goal scorer in the NHL.
1: It's good for the league when a top 10 scorer wins the, wins yeah. the whole thing.
0: And you need to have a top Corsi percentage, meaning your shot attempt for, percentage. You got to be top 10 and show that like you maintain possessions. So, for example, here's your top 10 in Corsi in the NHL. Carolina number one. Calgary, number two. They didn't even make the playoffs. Florida, number three. Devils, number four. Seattle, five. LA, six. Edmonton, seven. Colorado, eight. Pittsburgh, nine. Dallas, ten. Only Pittsburgh and Calgary out of that top ten did not make the playoffs. And they were right on the cusp of making the playoffs.
1: And number one in that stat is also number one favorite to win the whole thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, Carolina. Yeah. But just think about it, you can just look at that stat in it of itself, and those are all the playoff teams, and the majority of them are still left. Like, only L.A. at 6 and Colorado at 8 are eliminated. Carolina at 1, still alive. Florida at 3. Devils at 4. Seattle at 5. Edmonton at 7. Dallas at 10. All still alive in the playoffs. And so, if you look at these four categories and you narrow it down, the only teams that fit this mold in the course of the regular season would be, right now, left in the playoffs, the Dallas Stars and the New Jersey Devils. There you go. <laughs> Those are the teams. Those are the teams. And the only reason why, and and it's actually not the Devils. The Devils were like a borderline case. The reason being, the Devils being a borderline case, is that if you... Put Akira Schmid in net, whom the Devils switched, and they put him in after losing the first two games to the Rangers. They switched up Vitek Vanacek out, Akira Schmid in. Akira Schmid only played 18 games in the regular season, but if you took his save percentage in those 18 games, he's top 10 in the league.
1: But is it fair to extrapolate when you already have a system that says you got to actually be qualified? Then, then no. Then Then the borderline
0: case doesn't exist. Then the Dallas Stars, the Dallas Stars are the team. Yeah,
1: you've won the Stanley Cup.
0: And right now, look at where they are right now. Series is up even in a game apiece. Price in that series, Dallas Stars, minus 210. Despite being despite being even at a game apiece, and the Kraken now having home ice advantage, yeah. Dallas minus 210. That's a bet I'd make. That is a bet that I would make. Here's the games coming up tonight. Just one. Devils at the Hurricanes, Carolina minus 115. I think the Devils even this up. It was it was foolish of me to actually think the Devils were going to win in Game 1. Because coming off the emotional high of beating the Rangers in Game 7, that was a letdown spot. Sure. Now they've had a day or so to regroup. This is where the Devils get back on track and win this game. I think they even up this series against the Hurricanes tonight. On Saturday,
1: Oilers at the Golden Knights. What a great game for Vegas. Am I reading this right? Are we home underdogs? Get this out of my face. When, yeah. I mean, what? What? hmm BGK? Hmm. The castle? The fortress, they call it. There you
0: it. go. There the you fortress. Go. Yeah. I, I think it's it was such an impressive game one. The oh, I, I think you have to keep looking at the totals in this series. Just Edmontons going over in their games. 6-4 was the final in in the game one. Their games against the Kings. 5-4, 6-3. 5-4, 3-2, it's an under, 4-2, it's barely an under, 4-3 and over. They've only gone under two games in this entire playoffs, Edmonton. They can score with anybody in the league.
1: But they six also— Six have juiced minus 130 to the over? Yeah, I'd play the over again.
0: And it could, it could be the other way around in this game. This could be an Edmonton 6-4 win. Yeah. But Vegas did what they had to do. They won game one. They need to win game two again. I'm just going to go with the over. I think we see more goals because Vegas' offense is great. Edmonton's is even better. I think Edmonton wins, but I'm not going to bet against the home Knights. So give me the Devils to win tonight. Give me the over on Saturday. On Sunday, Toronto at the Panthers down 0-2. Wow, they're a road favorite. Kind of hard to not bet on Toronto, but Florida's been so good. And then Dallas, a road favorite at the Kraken in their game three, with that series up even at a game apiece. Um, I probably would lean, I'd probably lean toward Dallas in every game of this series. I think Dallas could win the next three games and win the series four games to one. They're Kra- that good.
1: Kraken's happy to be there.
0: They already their won their playoffs. series. You know,
1: they, they beat Colorado.
0: Right. That's, that's like winning deal. the Stanley Cup. <laughs> right? If you beat the last champion, then you are the Stanley Cup champion. You have the belt. That's how Congratulations, it works.
1: Seattle.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore As we take a look at the Major League Baseball board here for Friday, let me welcome in my co-host of the Dream Preview Major League Baseball podcast, Griffin Warner. And Griffin, thanks for joining us here on Straight Out of Vegas AM. Let's take a look at the schedule here on Friday, Griffin, and we'll start with uh, the one-day game, and that is the traditional day game at Wrigley. The Cubs, a minus-160 favorite against the visiting Marlins, Justin Steele who uh, you want to argue if it's Himmer or, or Stroman, arguably the co-aces of this staff right now, certainly Steele is pitching like it with his 4-0 record and 1.49 ERA. And Edward Cabrera going for the Marlins. The Cubbies, you know, they get, uh, that not swept, they lose three out of four to the Washington Nationals. What not you, great. Yeah, not great at all. No, no offense. They scored uh, five runs in the win in the first game of the series and a total of five runs in the next three games combined. What's your lead here on this game?
3: Uh, Man, it's hard to say. I think it's a big price for the Cubs to lay, especially after uh, a debacle of a series against Washington. But um, I do feel like the Miami Marlins at 16 and 16 are one of those teams that I think have outplayed their talent and ability. Uh, Once they leave Miami, certainly they score more runs because you can't score less than in that gigantic park. But... Unfortunately, I think it comes to light just really how weak they are in, in the pitching and hitting categories. Um, I feel like Justin Steele is, is, a, is a great arm. He misses a lot of bats, which is most important. I think it's especially important against Miami, who literally looks to me like a team that's going to sell out for home runs. I'm not really even sure how good they are at that. Uh, you never know with the win at Wrigley, but um, I, I think Steele is going to keep Miami off the scoreboard. And I would imagine that Chicago, maybe they're not as good as we thought they were starting the year as hot as they did. Um, but I think they'll find a way to get back in the wind call.
0: The Blue Jays are at the Pirates. Chris Bassett goes for Toronto. Rich Hill for Pittsburgh, who's actually pitched pretty decently lately. Toronto is a heavy road favorite here, though, minus 155. Are you backing the Buccos as home dogs or you're riding with the Jays
3: here? I'm not. I feel like the Jays have also seen Rich Hill quite a bit. Um from his time in, in Boston that I feel like there's probably a fair amount, a, a very righty dominated team as well. I, I think they should be well-prepared. Um, I've been kind of noticing that, and we've been talking about it on, on the pod so far, that the Jays have been getting a lot of respect for the marketplace. Um, I honestly, this doesn't seem like a big, that big of a number to me at this point, especially considering how big a, a pretty banged up or paternity listed Dodgers team was when, when they were favored in almost every game against the Pirates, it felt like, and lost three out of four. Um, I think it's going to be a good series to see really where Pittsburgh is and, and if they're on the Jays level, who seem like one of the teams that are priced as, as a potential World Series team. Um, I don't think that they'll succeed in this series, and especially not with Rich Hill, um, though he's certainly got some good ones in under his belt that he can throw out there from time to time. I just feel like he's uh, one of those primed for regression.
0: Lance Lynn and his 0-4, 7.16 ERA stat line leads the White Sox into the Great American Ballpark to take on Cincinnati. The Reds will be led by Hunter Green. And this is an even spread right now with a total of nine. You know I love to fade Lance Lynn. Uh, Are you riding with me here?
3: I think I am. Uh, It's not really a great park for Lance Lynn. Certainly when he gets swing and misses, he's a dominant pitcher, but I, I don't know if he's the same guy anymore. I feel like the riding fastball or rising fastball isn't really the same as it used to be. It's not as fast as it used to be. Uh, Maybe all that barbecue is finally weighing him down, even though it didn't for the first 37 years of his life or whatever the number was. Um, But I got to say the White Sox aren't really a team I'm afraid of. I'm kind of hoping that he'll move to a favorite here and then we can get a little bit of plus money on Hunter Green because I think he can strike out anybody, it seems, and it feels like that White Sox lineup is primed to be a favorite that goes down on the road if if they potentially climb to that number.
0: Johnny Brito gets the start for the Yankees in Tampa against the Rays. It looks like Yoni Chirinos is going to be the opener for Tampa. Tough spot for the Yankees, who they've won two in a row, so maybe trying to turn the corner, but this lineup is still terribly banged up. Yeah,
3: I'm I'm pretty concerned about New York. I mean, mean, I'm not a Yankee fan. I've rooted against them. Pretty much my entire life, but as a gambler, it's, you, you can't have favorite teams anymore. It feels like um, looking pretty good at two games under 500 in last place in the AL East. I, I would say that that's probably going to – they'll climb from there moving forward. But uh, it's been a tough stretch. The nice part is you get 162 games to try to work your way out of some struggles. Um, but I, I got to say, for, for teams that aren't really handling injuries well, I feel like those are great times to be against teams – So it's going to be hard for me to to really look at the Yankees, uh, despite being big underdogs in what should be a lot of this series.
0: The Phillies host the Red Sox, Chris Sale against Zach Wheeler. Philly, a heavy favorite, minus 160. And hard not to like Philly, uh, even though they got swept by the Dodgers and gave up a boatload of runs. Chris Sale hasn't shown me anything this year outside of one start. And I just like this Phillies lineup now that Bryce Harper's back
3: and, and it does lengthen it a bit? It certainly does. Uh, I think Philly, it, they're a little bit interesting to me because they were they got a lot of respect, I feel like, in Houston. Maybe maybe no one likes the Astros anymore or something like that, or, or maybe they finally feel like the, the bashing tra- trash cans has fully come out of the organization by now. Um, but I, I take notice when teams are, are small underdogs on the road against good pitchers. I think we found that with Zach Wheeler in his last start on the road at Christian Javier um, was pretty much over from the start. It felt like, Uh, and so I feel like Zach Wheeler is maybe coming around Had a really good playoff series last year until he got a little banged up right as the world series was starting. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm looking to be against Chris sale. Uh, It's so hard for me to to really project what he's going to do. And that's never something I want as a big underdog. It makes it a little bit easier, but I'm not really a believer in this Red Sox, like bash brothers team. That's coming from behind in every loss it seems turns into a win. I feel like that time and that kind of thing will run out sooner rather than later.
0: The Mets are hosting the Rockies, and we have Colorado coming in, winning four straight, a sweep of the Brewers. The Mets just got swept by the Tigers. They're losing. They're not scoring any runs. Kode Senga is on the hill for the Mets. That's my guy. Antonio Sanzitella makes his 2023 debut for the Rockies. The Mets are minus 250. This line doesn't make sense, I don't want to bet against the Mets, but I can't bet
3: on them with this line. I mean, they're, if, if you like hold, holding your nose and jumping in the deep end, uh, that's certainly, this is the game for you. I think you can certainly look to, to bet against the Mets who have not been playing well, saying who's really struggled with his control so far, um, all that sort of stuff. And I got to say, there's not a lot of better um, kind of under the radar guys than Antonio Sensatella. He's not going to wow you as much. He throws hard. But he's really a ground ball guy. Pitch to contact, which is really not popular in the year of our Lord 2023 MLB. Uh, big, big, gigantic price. Maybe look at a run line here if you don't want to feel like you want to go all in with the Rockies money line play. Um, but I feel like this is also the series where the Mets, it's time for them to prove it to us. And they have a great, great opportunity. It's one of the worst teams in the league at home.
0: Yeah, although that one of the worst teams in the league is 12 and 20. The Mets are 16 and 16. So it's not like they're. Uh, Record-wise, that much better. The Twins salvage the final game of their series uh, with a win over the White Sox in extra innings on Thursday. They take on the Guardians in Cleveland, and Bailey O'Bear gets the start for Minnesota against Peyton Battenfield for Cleveland. Now, Minnesota's offense hasn't been doing anything, and we know that Cleveland doesn't really score that much. Total's 8.5 here. Minnesota's
3: minus minus one twenty. Can I interest you in, uh, in, in under? I, you certainly can. I, I feel like anytime there's a Cleveland uh, game on the schedule, I'm thinking under based on how good that bullpen's been. I'm not sure if love is a batten field is really someone I want to trust. <laughs> at this point. Classic.
0: Good job out of you.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I, I gotta say, uh, Bailey over, I mean, he's, he's honestly had some really good starts in his career. I feel like he's on the IL every other start though. It seems to me. Um, I feel like it's early in the year, yes, but this is, to me, that the two teams that are fighting for the AL Central berth, and it looks like it might be the only playoff to berth to come out of the Central based on everyone being over 500 in the AL East, and uh, I feel like whoever gets above 500 here in this division will end up coasting into the playoffs, but um, it's a big start. I feel like I wish I had a little bit more of a read on, on Battenfield, but that's the way I lean as an underdog at home.
0: Orioles are at the Braves. Dean Kramer goes for Baltimore. Atlanta minus two ten favorites with Max Freed on the hill. A two and zero record with
3: a 0. 0.45 ERA for Freed. Big price. Uh, I feel like the Orioles have been very competitive. Uh, I'm really gonna have to keep myself away from from betting them if they're gonna continue to be like two to one underdogs coming through this year. I feel like Max Freed is not exactly the guy I want to to fade in that type of situation, especially. With how much Kramer has been struggling. Um, but I feel like this is one of those games where if the Orioles can hang in there and make this a bullpen game, they have a huge advantage late. So I'm interested in the Orioles, who are not so quietly 21 and 10, I yeah. guess, to start the year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Last year, no fluke. Uh the A's are at the Royals, Kansas City minus one fifty-five. Kyle Muller going for uh Oakland and Brad Keller. Going for Kansas City. This is a matchup of a six-win team at an eight-win team.
3: Well, uh, you know, I'm sad that I'm going to Atlanta tonight. uh, I'm trying to get to the Braves on Saturday. if, If things all go according to plan. Might see the quad father, Spencer Strider. Um, but if I wasn't out of town, I don't think I'd be canceling my plans for this one, I gotta <laughs> say. Uh, two teams that are trying to lose. Uh, it's uh, honestly amazing to me what Mark Kotze is doing. Like, I know he's not in on this, like, tank for the first pick type of thing. Just he can't be because, like, no one is in professional sport. But he is so good at, at losing games. The, the no hitter that was, like, given up the other night was just incredible way to lose games, like bunting, trailing in the eighth inning and bottom of the eighth. I I mean, it's honestly incredible, and I think it makes it. So it's really hard for me to even consider betting an Oakland team despite being a gigantic underdog to maybe the second-worst team in the league.
0: Yeah, well, when they're the worst team in the league, that's what happens. The Tigers coming off their sweep of the Mets will send Matthew Boyd to the mound in St. Louis against the Cardinals and Jordan Montgomery. St. Louis is minus 235, and they don't deserve to be
3: minus 235 against anybody. Yeah, they they're winning 313 percent of their games. A nice three thirteen Jose Altuve uh, batting average out there, except for winning games, not necessarily getting hits at the plate. I, I don't know what to say about St. Louis. They've been favored way too much this year, um, which makes me think eventually they're going to turn it around. Uh, but like, how long can we wait? And how many like very nicely priced underdogs am I going to skip? Yeah, uh, instead of betting against the Cardinals at this point. So, um, Matt. <laughs> Matthew Boyd is not exactly my uh, my favorite person out there, I'll admit. Uh, I don't know that he gets enough swing and misses, especially against a really powerful Cardinals team. But I feel like when you find teams that are not playing well and they're giving like huge prices, there are worse bets to make in this world. Yep. Uh, the
0: Rangers send Dane Dunning to the mound in L.A. against the Angels. Tyler Anderson. Talk to me about your boy Dunning. Are you back in the Rangers? I mean,
3: Dunning has had a really good start to the year, maybe a little bit of uglier numbers lately, which has only raised ERA. I think, below two, and the whip, I think, below one. So that's exactly what you want for a pitcher. I'm a little nervous about how long he goes, and the uh, Rangers' bullpen is seemingly a weak point for them, though they're off to a great start. Um, I I think for the most part, I'm still questioning what Tyler Anderson's doing, and and if he can... I guess he had a good bounce-back start, but he had a really tough start to the year, and it feels like... Now that he's out of the Dodgers system and doesn't have the scattering reports or whatever the heck they offer him, um, that he's in Anaheim and it's kind of like one of those do what you can and we'll see how it goes type things. Um, I still think he's going to return to the pitcher he was, at least much better now than he is now, more closer to what he did last year. But it's hard to say that until you see it. So I'm interested in the Rangers, especially because I think quietly, and it's something that or at least it's taken me a little while to notice, The Rangers lineup, even without Corey Seager, has been mashing the ball, and that's something to pay attention to, especially against a series against the Angels, where if they're the better hitting team, then I'm not sure where the Angels are better. You have the Nationals at the
0: Diamondbacks. Josiah Gray will go for D.C. Merrill Kelly for Arizona. Arizona minus 190, and I know that Washington is coming off uh, three straight wins here against the Cubbies, and they're enjoying wearing the, the home run wig. But I really like this Diamondbacks team, and I'm going to back Merrill Kelly here, even at this high price.
3: It's, it's a tough situation. I, I really like Merrill Kelly as an underdog. I feel like he's so good at keeping his team in games. It's a little really weird, honestly, to see him as a nearly $2 favorite. Um, I, it's, it's like one of those situations where um, I'm really hoping, not if it's against you tomorrow night, but I'm really <laughs> hoping the Nats keep winning because I am looking – to try to bet against them as much as possible. And I think it's going to take, like, maybe being a couple games over 500 to start seeing them being favored or something like that, so I can play an underdog against them. Um, I'm kind of at this point lying in wait, just waiting, hoping that these really bad teams start getting on win streaks because I want to be against them as much as I can.
0: Dodgers take on the Padres in San Diego. Clayton Kershaw against Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove with his 10.8 ERA, uh, but hey, come on, it's it's he, he hasn't thrown a lot, it's only been two starts, so give him a break, uh, but Clayton Kershaw off to a really nice start this
3: season, Dodgers
0: minus 125 favorites here. So,
3: I went to the series a couple years ago in San Diego, there's going to be a large Dodger contingent there, of course, but uh, still seem like, besides the fights in the outfield, uh, there's going to be a, a big, big emotional series, I think. Um, I'm looking to back the Padres as much as possible. Half of Joe Musgrove starts being at uh, 7,000, 12,000, whatever the number of feet was in Mexico City, where the smog clogs the air and the ball actually travels even further. Um, I'm not holding that against him. I feel like this is a good spot for the Padres. The problem is... They're playing the Dodgers, who are not off to a great start, to say the least. But uh, Kershaw is going to be great and and certainly is a deserved favorite here. I want to see how high the Padres get as an underdog, because that's the side I want here.
0: The Mariners host the Astros. Seattle minus 145 with a total of seven. Luis Castillo for Seattle. Christian Javier for the Astros. And it just feels like the Mariners are an auto bet in any Castillo start.
3: I I don't blame you. This is, I mean, they're certainly taxing you to do it. It, It's way more expensive than I was expecting. Probably should have recognized that a little bit more than um, just after watching how the Astros have have basically been an underdog in an entire series at home to Toronto, and then seeing them as pretty big underdogs on the road in in Atlanta, too. So maybe I should kind of wise up to the fact that maybe the Astros aren't the same team without Jose Altuve. But uh, the Mariners are not certainly off to a good start. Uh, Luis Castillo certainly is. Um, I I think I'm most interested in in an under here because I think both these pitchers can get a lot of swing and misses. I think it's going to be hard, especially in that type of ballpark to score a lot of runs.
0: The Giants host the Brewers. Corbin Burns goes from Milwaukee. Sean Benaya for the Giants and the Brewers coming off uh, four straight losses, including three straight in Colorado against the Rockies. I, I... I backed them on Thursday and I lost, so I, I maybe I'm just torn, but the Giants as a home dog here look intriguing.
3: I don't blame you. I mean, it's it's really tar- hard for me to trust Milwaukee. I mean, they made it clear that they uh, weren't willing to spend the money for Josh Hader and the bullpen's not been the same. Um, bullpens are one of the most important things for betting full games or you're trying to win World Series. Uh, I think Corbin Burns is kind of coming around and starting to look a lot more dominant than he used to be. The problem if you're back in Shamanaya is he started the year off with some good K totals, strikeout totals. I feel like that was all a myth. Um, I haven't really believed in much of him missing bats for a long time. Uh, he's in a pretty good park for it, but I also feel like San Francisco has been a lot more hitter friendly than than pitcher friendly, like it was probably the best, best pitchers park in the land uh, going into this whole thing, but um, I, I don't blame you for wanting to back San Francisco, but that's that's really more of a play against the Brewers, and I think a play on the.
0: We teased this story earlier in in the cold open or in the regular open. I don't know how long have we been doing this show now? It's been like it's been forty <laughs> something minutes, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so I think it was a cold open. Yeah, we talked about the Alabama betting scandal, if you will. And let me just give a little background here. Apparently, allegedly—that's the way to say it—allegedly. There were, were a couple of suspicious bets placed on an Alabama LSU baseball game last week. In this game, Alabama was the favorite, I presume. Their ace pitcher, Luke Holman, was scratched before the game due to back tightness, and he was replaced by sophomore Hagan Banks, who had not started a game since March 16th. Hagan, no thanks. Yeah. LSU did win the game 8-6. to six. Red flags shot up because normally college baseball doesn't gener- generate a lot of handle.
1: I uh, couldn't imagine anyone betting on
0: it. <laughs> FanDuel uh, reported that they didn't take a single bet on this game. Right. DraftKings, uh, I guess, said minimal betting or whatever. But... Whatever this sports book was at the Great American Ballpark in Ohio, the baseball stadium has a sports book attached to it. They, I guess, they took a large bet on LSU, and I guess it happened somewhere else that there was another large bet placed on LSU. As a result of this, while this investigation is going on, four states halted betting on Alabama baseball: Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, and New Jersey. They suspended, but you cannot bet on Alabama baseball until we're done with this investigation. Well, here's the news that came down yesterday. Alabama baseball coach Brad Bohannon fired. Fired. Sportsbook surveillance video indicated... I'm reading from the ESPN article here, Mac. Sportsbook surveillance video indicated that the person who placed the bets... Was communicating with Bohannon at the time. This is wild, dude. They didn't write that in the article. It's my reaction. (laughs) This is wild. This is like, first of all, how great is this surveillance where they can see like who you're communicating with? Do they zoom in on his phone and see the text messages or do they just like hear him talking on the phone?
1: I think it's the zoom in.
0: They zoom in on the the text. Like a freaking Ocean's
1: Eleven movie. Yeah.
0: And instead of it saying like, babe, it says like
1: Brad Bohan coach Alabama. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Alabama head coach. <laughs> it's, like, it's like no code at all.
1: And he's like, I shouldn't be telling you this, but yeah, they, they, they read
0: the exact <laughs> well I guess if like I guess they could subpoena like phone records and see like if what was said or what was
1: Yeah, um... yeah they can after the fact. But they, yeah. they got that to it to it quick.
0: Yeah, I, I this is so crazy because obviously the Ohio Casino Control Commission is who started the investigation, right, for the investigation. It's centered on two bets on the Tigers to win from the same unidentified customer. And there's no reason to believe that any student-athletes are involved, but it's just about the head coach communicating with this guy who placed these bets. And then there's, um, I guess, U.S. Integrity, our boy Matty Holt, who is getting involved in this, and then they're doing – their investigation they're alerting all their clients and now the conference is getting involved because there was other bets that were placed in indiana this is just getting because yeah. obvious obviously what happens is this guy gets tipped off by the head coach says hey my, my ace is not pitching today here's what i want you to do i want you to go bet against us and then you think I don't I don't even think oh, I does, think maybe it doesn't even have to go that far.
1: I think someone said, uh, if you can give me some information, I'd love to have it. I'd pay you. Like I think I think it's probably so that's stops what there. It is. So you know, okay. the coach doesn't even think about what betting yeah, is yeah, going yeah. on.
0: So the coach says, hey man, my no one knows. Right. But my ace is out. And he says, thanks, no problem. So this guy goes, places a bet in Ohio. Then he calls his team. Indiana guy. And he says, Hey, Indiana. He says, Hey, get me down on LSU baseball. I got inside info
1: that the, the starting is hundred cents off. Garrett yeah. Cole's supposed to pitch, but it's actually going to be Clark Schmidt. Exactly. That would somebody like that would be something. Well, no, it would probably
0: be even worse. It would be like this kid hasn't pitched since March. So, You'd figure maybe, like, they call up a triple-A guy. Yeah, yeah. So you have—and maybe Garrett Cole is the extreme answer. I don't know how good this Luke Coleman is, but obviously, if he's the ace of the staff, yeah. you you would assume that they're favored. So let's say Garrett Cole and the Yankees are minus 180, all right? Like the Mets. Justin Verlander was minus 180 last yesterday. So let's say, okay, Garrett Cole and the Yankees, minus 180. You find out before the game that Garrett Cole's not pitching. No one knows. Right. But you find out Garrett Cole's not pitching— and instead, the Yankees are calling up a guy from AAA to make the start, hasn't who hasn't pitched since March, in, it hasn't pitched in a month.
1: It's a guaranteed profit because as soon as the game starts and Garrett Cole's not out there, yeah. you can bet millions of dollars the other however much you can get down. It's going to be such a drastic line movement right yeah. away. This
0: is a this is the dark side it is. of the legalization of sports. Betting. And
1: here's the thing though. This guy was stupid enough to actually call the guy who made the bet in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All they needed was one guy in between. And this is impossible to detect. This could happen ten times a day. We wouldn't know it.
0: Yeah. It, so so if, if he just
1: left an envelope in a hotel room and left or some
0: or crazy stuff. If the head coach calls the one guy, instead of that guy placing the bet, get a beard to do it. Get somebody else to do it. Right at freaking uh what's uh carrier pigeon exactly
1: (laughs) (laughs) morris code Code. yes eli morris shout out uh you could type it Eli eli morris code to your friend there's a million ways to actually not have phone records where you're saying yes sir i would like to bet on the thing you just told me any way to hide it and this is completely we're not talking about it yeah they're just profiting
0: indiana halted betting on alabama baseball instructed sportsbooks to refund any futures wagers on the crimson tide so if you mm, locked in yeah. like a SEC title future or an NCAA title future, that money's coming back to you because they don't trust was, anything.
1: This guy was fired but is it not a criminal matter to do this stuff? I mean, if if you if it wasn't then I would say the last my last game on the job, I might make a phone call or two. Uh,
0: I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know what's going to happen here. Um
1: wh- Well, you see the NFL picking up their their yeah. monitoring of this. This yep. is going to be something that we're dealing with.
0: Yeah, you're right. This is uh he's been The Alabama coach since June of 2017, his record was 166 and 124, one NCAA tournament appearance in 2021. 20 Alabama players were selected in the MLB draft during his tenure. The Crimson Tide were 30 and 15 under him this year. So think about this. They're 30 and 14. The ace isn't pitching. And you know, so now the 30 and 14 Alabama is probably going to be a heavy favorite in this game. Man, why can't we get this information? No, right. That's is it sad? Is it well not sad. Is it sick? That that's the first thing I thought of. Like when I read this article, it kind of was for me too. The first thing I thought of was not this is the problem with legalized sports betting or this is the thing that the leagues are fear fearsome of the most. My thing was why don't I get these phone calls?
1: Right, I hear these rumors, these buzzes. Yeah, I never get a text message that says, "Play this." It's a, it's a lock.
0: Yeah, and you don't, and, you don't have to
1: specify how you don't need information. Guys, Just text me, guys,
0: bro. Guys have information
1: all the time, right? right? You know, weather. Well,
0: uh, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of things. Um, you know, Fez is connected. He's, he's got, but. It's, it's, you don't get a phone call from the coach, <laughs> the you know, coach. Like,
1: like, he didn't even ask his
0: assistant yeah, to do it. Like, why well, can't I'm like,
1: looking at him warm up. He's not going, Like, man. Where's,
0: where's <laughs> my direct line? Where's like my, where's Aaron Boone texting me? Didn't you play professional baseball? You uh, could have, where's Aaron Boone texting me, telling me that like Aaron no. judge is not in the lineup in New York today. You should have these connections. That's what I want. I want.
1: I Mid-Atlantic want, connections.
0: Yeah, I want Aaron Boone to text me <laughs> if Judge is not in the lineup. I, that's what I want to know. I want Buck Showalter to text me and tell me that Max Scherzer is going to suck today. <laughs> like, that's what I want to know. Uh, it's, just, it's wild, but um, I'm sure this won't be the last we hear of this story. And I'm curious how this works its way into college football because that's going to be the bigger hurdle because
1: a lot more betting in college football yeah, than it's college, college baseball.
0: baseball. It's not this isn't uh this isn't this is going to be an issue if we start seeing some things like this happen in college football, but still crazy story and uh well, it's, it's it's relevant right now. It's going to be a fun weekend, Mac. We have obviously all the playoff action going on, but you also have the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. Let's go. The Kentucky Derby. Do you bet a lot of the Derby or no? Do you ever, have you ever bet the Derby before?
1: I have not. And funny, one of the first podcasts I listened to, uh, our boy Fred Fowler was doing a Kentucky Derby, and he didn't like the favorite. It was one huge favorite, and the underdog won. And I'm like, man, I, w- I almost placed a bet there. I was really thinking about it, but no, I've never placed one, and I've never won one.
0: Okay, so I'm going to give you the odds on the Kentucky Derby, and we are going
1: to pick a winner just based on on the name of the horse. Think about this. If you're spending billions of dollars on horses and the training staff, you should have good riders. If you're doing your job, you should have good riders. You should have a great name like American Pharaoh. Let's go. What we got.
0: All right. Uh, do you want the odds or you just want the names? We just want the names. No, just odds. the names. Let's, no let's figure out okay.
1: who's really thinking about this stuff. The one horse hit show. That's a great name. It's like it's like succession. It's a hit show. I got it. Cool. I like oh, you
0: see, I want my brain immediately went towards baseball. But I get it. It's like it's a hit show. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, I was right like this is the hit show, meaning a lot of hits. But no, hit You're show.
1: You're thinking of the show.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> With hits. Yeah, I got you. The number two, verifying. I don't like that one. I don't like that one as much. Verifying? Mm-hmm. It's a jury? Verifying. It's like it doesn't exist in time, in memorium. It it's, doesn't make any sense. It's like it's waiting, it's verifying. It's almost like
0: it's a. It's neither here nor there. Like, ever. A, like a capture. Like click one of these that features a hill.
1: <laughs> um sp- <laughs> they ask you again and again about the yeah.
0: motorcycles. <laughs> no, number, number three, two fills.
1: Again, uh um, not one fill, two fills. Not not my cup of tea. I don't really get it. I don't really feel it, but maybe that's just me. The number four horse confidence game. Not bad. Not bad. It's kind of like Hit Show. It has that similar like mm-hmm. encapsulation of a, of a cool concept. I don't mind that one.
0: Here we go. The number five, tap
1: it trice. Tap it twice, but again, you tap it thrice, or trice? T-A-P-I-T, trice. Tap it trice. Okay, I, 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 over my head. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the number six, King's Barnes. One word, King's Barnes. Yeah. Don't, don't feel it. Not no, feeling it. Number seven, reincarnate.
1: I'd like to know the backstory. If, 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 if it was re- reincarnating a secretariat, yeah. maybe you got something there. Mm.
0: Number eight, Maj. Or may M A ma- G ma- E, Maj? mage,
1: I mage. think, like like one of the, like a sword, like a type of sorcerer. Eh. Eh. Not feeling it either. Yeah.
0: The number nine, and this would just be great if it wins. Skinner, <laughs> that's great. I love it. Skinner, <laughs> I, say is I the love name it. Of the horse? <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> that's the one, that's the leader in the clubhouse <laughs> right. right now is Skinner. Number ten, practical move. Yeah, B. Number eleven, disarm.
1: Nah. No, I, I see what they're going for there. Yeah. You need a better verb than that, though.
0: Number 12, Jace's Road.
1: Again, with some references over my
0: Number 13, Sun Thunder.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get it.
0: Number so, 14, Angel of Empire.
1: I feel like it's too, going two different directions. Yeah,
0: I feel like it, they shouldn't have had the of in there. It
1: should just be Angel Empire. Angel Empire is, is a strong ring to it. Yeah. Stronger. Uh, uh, yeah. Number 15, Forte. Touche. Mm. Number- Matt Forte? Yeah.
0: Number 16, Raise Cane. Not Raisin Cane, just Raise Cane.
1: I like Raisin Cane. If it was Raisin Cane, it'd have something for me. <laughs> Number 17, Derma
0: Sodogake.
1: It's a Japanese horse. <laughs> I was hoping it was a... Derma
0: Sodogake. I don't know it's,
1: what it it's translates It's one of the best too. Japanese horse names I've heard today. Yeah.
0: Number 18, Rocket Can.
1: Rocket Arm. Yeah. Rocket Mortgage.
0: Rocket, Rocket can. can. The number 19 know. was scratched. That's Lord Miles. Sorry. Deserve to be. Number 20, Continor. Constantinople. Continor. C-O-N-T-I-N-U-A-R. Contenor.
1: Doesn't have that pop. Doesn't no. pop for me like American Pharaoh did.
0: Number 21, Cyclone Mischief.
1: Okay, but it's like a tornado, but a sneaky tornado. It's something uh-huh.
0: there. Number twenty two, Mandarin Hero.
1: Nah. I like the Chinese. They're cool. And I'm number no problem with the Chinese. No, and
0: number twenty three, King Russell. Ah, uh, no. No. no, no, no. So for me. It, King it, Richard. It maybe. feels like Skinner is is our pick.
1: Well, here is the th- trio. You are going to get Skinner. That he wins. Okay. Uh, you get confidence game second. Okay, and then hit show. All right, finishes finishes us off. Number three. That would
0: be a, a hell of a trifecta. Skinner right now is at.
1: 21 to 1. All right, maybe we maybe we bet him to show. Maybe we bet him to show. <laughs> uh, hit
0: show is 30 to 1. And yeah. what was the other one He said? Confidence game? Confidence game. 20 to 1. Your favorite right now is Tappet Trice at five to one. He
1: can't win.
0: Angel doesn't of,
1: play. Forte is CBS five to will one. not allow
0: it. Forte is five to one. Angel of Empire six to one. Derma Soragake, ten to one. Those are your favorites. And Kingsbarn eleven to, oh, two fills is nine to one also. But you know what you gotta do? You gotta wait until two minutes before post. Why is that? And then you look at the odds and you see how much they change and you follow the money.
1: That's savvy because you're not betting into the, because uh, it all ends up the same with the, what's it called? With
0: the, 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 the paramutual. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so
1: everyone gets paid the same no matter yes. when you get down. You might as well see what the money's doing. So you Makes just wait.
0: Seats. Whenever I would go to the track, I'd stand there in front of the window when there's like a minute to post and then you just look up at the board. And then you see the odds change. Like all of a sudden, like two fills will go from nine to one to like seven to two. Somebody knows something. And you're like, I want that horse. <laughs> you know, you just, you, you wait and you just follow where the money goes. But the Kentucky Derby is uh, going to be great. It's uh, tomorrow. You ever been? I've never been to Churchill Downs. No. Uh, my radio network did go, you know, a couple of years, did live broadcast from there because Westwood One did the um, radio call of the race. But this is the 149th Kentucky Derby. So just, uh, Slap on your hat, drink a mint julep, and enjoy yourself.
1: And if you want some less silly advice, go to pregame.com. A lot of our handicappers do well.
0: Yeah. The Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Uh, see, I am not a horse betting expert. I just follow the money. And, I just follow the money. Or I just pick, like, what I usually do sometimes is usually sometimes it's an oxymoron. I'll take, like, an, if there's an overwhelming favorite, yeah. I'll bet that horse to win, and then I'll do, like, an exacta with every other horse.
1: <laughs> i'm gonna be exactly right if i get the favorite right
0: yeah so as long as the favorite wins and then you just hope that like the longest shot finishes yeah. second that's gonna so get the best payout
1: you could just bet the favorite but your way's funner More yeah fun. so
0: you do an exact though with like let's say you do the one horse with the two through 20 whatever
1: so who's the favorite
0: the favorite the is five to one tap it trice
1: tap it trice wins skinner's coming up right behind him
0: skinner <laughs> Head on over to pregame.com if you'd like a Kentucky Derby bet. I'm sure we have a variety of pregame pros that will have Kentucky Derby cards out there because it's not just the Kentucky Derby race, like the, the the run for the roses, right? That's what they call it. Uh, it's not just that race. There's obviously a whole bunch of races at Churchill Downs. It's a big day at uh, the Kentucky Derby, so you can get a uh, full betting card available on pregame.com or you want NBA playoffs, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, Major League Baseball, Weekender all access, a 30 day all access, anything you'd like at pregame.com. You can take 20% off using our promo code BET20, because that's what we're all here for. BET20, B E T 20, get you 20% off at pregame.com. For Mackenzie Rivers and Griffin Warner and all the horses in the Kentucky Derby. Do the horses even know it's a race? I'm <laughs> Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.